This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Bald Move Television, where the officially unofficial podcast for all television. I'm your host, Aaron. I'm Jim. And I'm Cecily. And we are here to talk about a variety of topics. We're going to keep the good times rolling with some industry news. Uh, Netflix is off their subscriber projections globally and have actually lost uh, subscribers in the United States. Mm -hmm. We're going to look at uh, HBO's Max. Uh, a streaming service that's coming out in the near future. And then we're going to look at a very surprise uh, Netflix project involving David Harbour uh, called Frankenstein's Monsters Monster Frankenstein. <laughs> uh, it's 30 minutes of your life that you probably should spend. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be talking about that afterwards. First, we want to talk about Netflix. It's something that we've been talking about a lot of late, and we've been pondering uh, their content strategy, uh, whether it's actually good for consumers, whether it's bad for consumers, the fact that they have hiked their price a few times in the last, like twice, I think, in the last 12 months, they've the, they, they've raised their price and there's various amount of tiers. And then we just saw reports that they released uh, some information uh, to stockholders and their Q2 results. Um, they added 2.83 million new subscribers around the world. Uh, but that was below their uh, estimates. They had expected the net 5 million uh, subscribers in, in terms of growth uh, for the last quarter. And they lost, for the very first time in their history, 130,000 net subscribers in the United States. Uh, Netflix is doomed. Uh, they are yeah. they, they peaked, and they are, they, they are going off the road to destruction right before Disney and HBO finish them off. Who, who ever thought that online streaming was a good idea for video content? It doesn't make any sense if you ask me. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, does this, is this actually a big problem for Netflix? Because like, their <sighs> stock price took a dip, like 10%. That's pretty big. But overall, they added 2.7 million globally. Like They blame it on uh basically their their content lineup mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. quarter two was according to them not as good as it could have been uh something called a pull forward effect which as i gather is sort of like the massive sales in q1 sort of cannibalized q2 sales and they did that because they announced they pre-announced their sales hike so what how does that work what how's a pull forward work in netflix because you can't buy like a year's of netflix can you ah that's a fine question because I, I saw that you too might and i'm be like able how to because you can buy gift cards to give people to get netflix hmm. so it seems like oh, that is something you can well, buy in advance yeah That's but wouldn't not... it just be oh well the gift card now doesn't go as far just because be money, yeah. the price is more expensive unless it's in terms of like 12 months of netflix free mm-hmm. yeah you know Fair. like a wow subscription right yeah. uh <laughs> yeah and and but, I, I don't know. I mean, they, they also said that the the price increases were a big thing, like you were saying. Well, I mean, because I, I, I they I noticed that um, they get because they they don't do this very often, but they gave um, uh, per four week performance numbers for some of their hits this this quarter. Hmm. Uh, when they see us, twenty five million households, our planet, uh, which I've seen a little bit of, thirty three million, murder mystery, seventy three million, the perfect date, forty eight million, always be my maybe, thirty two million. So it's like. 
but I, I but I, I guess what I see the I can see that not moving like who signed up to see uh, always be my maybe in a way that like right. Stranger Things I think like then they're talking about their Q they'd be excited about their Q3 mm-hmm. because probably of that reason there's a couple of things uh, Netflix properties that I absolutely think. You know, if you're a college kid and you've let your subscription lapse and you hear that, uh, you know, Stranger Things is going to be back on the air, then you you, you, you grab it mm-hmm. and you, you watch it. But like, um, I, and, and I've I don't seen know. A lot of people on our forums are talking about this um, and kind of saying, yeah, I unsubscribe from Netflix when there's nothing on that I want to watch. And, you know, I resubscribe when Stranger Things is on or I hear something particularly, you know, that, that catches the public's attention. I'll go back. I wonder how many people do that because I think that's actually I I, I saw a lot of that being discussed too. That like um, because what's happening is we've got this like TV future dystopia where you know we all cut the cords and started slapping ourselves on the back and sucking our dicks about oh we've really showed it to the cable company we're going to pay a hundred dollars for cable <laughs> we're going to pay. 25 bucks for fiber and then uh-huh. 10 bucks for Netflix. And what else do you need? I got my prime membership. So I got all that prime stuff. That's free. And like, I can watch Hulu with commercials. And now what I guess no one anticipated, or I guess everyone, anticipated. because I remember, yeah. I remember people making infographics of like, mm-hmm. you know, different packages you'll buy with different like streaming collections. And, the big media companies have been devouring each other. So like there's like four play, four houses that own 80% of the content in the world and they're going to form streaming services. And if you want to watch Disney, if you want to watch Marvel, if you want to watch star Wars, you're going to have to pay the mouse 15 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. And if you want to watch game of Thrones and if you want to watch David Simon shit and you want to watch, you know, all the other things that are like the Watchmen and Damon Lindelof and all that. You're going to have to get Kidman HBO. and everything. Yeah. Like, so <laughs> it's like if you want to watch a broad swath of what's going on in the pop culture, you're going to very easily find yourself back in the paying 50, 60 bucks a oh, month yeah. for streaming services on top of your Internet bill. Right. And we're right back. They, they, they got us again. Do you think the cable companies are going to, once all of these streaming services are out there and established, they'll start offering packages of those streaming services? I don't think they'll get a piece of it. I think the the companies oh, yeah. are keeping that for themselves now. What's yeah. the what's the utility of having cable anymore at all? Internet. Yeah, internet. It's I still mean, like the, the, the fastest the piece... internet you can get for a lot of the United States. Yeah, yeah it probably the, will the, be for a long time. The piece that the cable companies are going to get is going to be that back that backside of it. Like, you know, we're we're charging you more now that net neutrality is not a thing. We're charging you more to access these services because they eat more bandwidth, and so. Mm. Now instead of it being sixty dollars a month for your fast internet, it's eighty. That's where they're going to make their money on the. It seems like there's mm-hmm. actually competitive pressure there, though, because like Google Fiber is already a thing in a lot of big cities, mm-hmm. uh, and it's going to be. They're Aren't they keep shutting? Didn't that they up. shut that down? Like they went to Louisville and they said, "Oh fuck, nah." Oh really? No, uh-huh. I haven't been following that. I just assumed that because I, I think heard they that, killed that program. I heard that there's like a couple neighborhoods in Cincinnati that you can get Google Fiber in. Hmm. Um, I wonder if that's recent or... But not... So why did... They, okay, so let's talk about that. Why did they do it? It's just to, the the expense is not worth it? I don't know. Because that's the thing. is like the cable company spent like 30 years putting all this infrastructure in place and they've got they've got it. They've got that it's huge yeah. and like, you know, that copper can carry a lot of bandwidth, it turns out. So I don't know. It's an interesting story behind that. Um, I mean... I, I don't know if I can recommend this site yeah. because I just found out about it, but irregulators.com, I think, or mm-hmm. regulators.org, maybe. 
um, has like a a whole thing on this. Like the government is being sued by a bunch of people over all of the copper lines that are now being basically they're a dumping ground for the they're kind of like a loss leader for the wireless networks that the telecoms are setting up now what do you mean like all of the expenses and the the negative uh parts of their business are being dumped into this government subsidized uh copper stuff like these old networks and they're using the offset of that stuff to bolster their wireless they're like 5g what's wrong with that i don't know where's what's the downside because we paid for all that shit oh so you're saying they're taking so they they let the the they're using the government money to main it's it's very complicated yeah uh you have to go to the site and do a bunch of reading about it i just found out about it it was an interesting story well, uh, I just because yeah. like I, I feel because every sometimes I think okay, well, fiber seems like a no brainer for any large city, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then maybe it's, it has trouble getting rural penetration, but like I came from a rural town that had a ton of fiber ran through ton of because the <laughs> ton of fiber penetration. penetration all the time everywhere you look. You had bran uh, in the morning, and you had barley, and now it's just so much fiber. I I think that I, like I don't know how the town of Greenfield ran fiber to my cornfield, yeah, um, and why you can't do that everywhere and delivered like shockingly fast speeds for like twenty thirty dollars a month. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you got to look at it and like this will go long term investment. Maybe I just answered my own question, but that's where like I thought the federal government's supposed to like anytime the market. There isn't a short-term incentive, but there's a long-term incentive. Like the government was supposed to use like stimulus to encourage, and I think that's how like my town got fiber is like you know Hancock Rural Telecom right. applied for government grant and it was applied, and then they started running fiber everywhere. Like mm-hmm. I don't understand why that's bad because you know it, it just seems like we should be laying fiber everywhere because this internet oh, yeah. things is going to get like wait until 4K comes out. Like mm-hmm. we need the capacity. But then yeah, I've also read, were... I've also read reviews where there's like so much fiber that's laid that's just dark and not yeah. even utilized. It's like that seems like there's like a bunch of market failures here. Mm-hmm. And there was promises to wire up like 100 percent of the United States in or 100 percent of a lot of the states of the United mm-hmm. States uh, by 2010, and obviously that didn't happen. Yeah, uh, just a lot of broken promises, that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it, you know, I, and I think. The to try and bring it back around to Netflix, yeah, uh, yeah. The the cable companies are going to make their money off of charging more for these Netflix services. I don't know that's going to put like much of a damper on the streaming services because people. uh, I think it will price some people out, Um, but as long as they maintain, okay, here are some lower definition signals. If they don't force everybody to go to like four K, eight K, God forbid. you can you can still have those lower tiers where you know maybe you can get the lower tier internet and Wait, still is, be able to is is 8k a thing google's trying to google announced it with their stadia <laughs> thing they're like and this supports 8k fuck you yeah no. we're not even at 4k yet yeah. for everybody let's let's yeah. slow it down yeah but yeah if you can have like a 720p stream maybe even a standard def uh for people who are either in areas where they don't have fiber or just don't have the money to pay for the extra access. Mm. 
So do you, you don't okay. think, I mean, I, I'm, I agree. I don't think if I'm Netflix, there's any reason to panic, but I kind of think there's a reason to panic because this, they're operating in a market where there's very little real competition to them. And they're about to have people with, like we talked about last week, to have tons and tons of money entering the space. And, yeah. you know, with all, like, with all the content that they've spent or with all the money that they've plowed into developing this content, they're still losing subscribers. Um, and the amount of money that they're still plowing in and the amount of money they need to keep plowing like that, in. That because... has to be. Now, it sounds like that maybe a lot of the, like, you know, they're talking about how they're confident they're going to hit their next goal of yeah. like 7 million paid subscribers ad because they got a free like mobile app and, and portal of through India. And I mean, that's like, it's yeah. like, maybe that's the deal. It's like Netflix is like the tobacco companies. Like, well, I can't make money in North America. So mm-hmm. there's always Asia and yeah, Africa the, and the Europe. The 60 million and... subscribers they've got in the U.S. Just not making any money, right? Right, <laughs> like, right. Well, I mean, I don't think it is because they, like, they, the only way they can keep up this pace of content is if they keep adding subscribers at a fairly breakneck pace. And Well, so it, much of the content that they've been developing now mm-hmm. is international content. Like mm-hmm, yeah. foreign language stuff sure. um, that's, you know, subtitled. Uh, like dark. <laughs> yeah, like uh, dark, like gin, Layla, like uh, yeah. Uh, Layla. Layla. Yeah. And, and that stuff is like if people like you and I watch it, it's gravy. But like that's sure. those are intended for international audiences. Yeah. So, so I think, yeah, losing. Uh, look, they still added 2.7 million subscribers what in do you Q2. Think? Yes, it's off their predictions. Yes. But that's the thing I'm worried about is they're, you know their stock because Mm -hmm. you know as much as it shouldn't the stock can definitely affect their ability to continue to produce content down 10 percent within hours of their announcement that's big Mm -hmm. it probably went right back up because people are like oh netflix is a good buy Uh, here's the thing because i I, I don't think that's true i think it's gone down even further since then but they're also expecting to get seven million new subscribers Mm -hmm. uh uh-huh by the end of the year yeah that's why we're saying through like the their their india initiative and some of these other stuff yeah. but, but they need that that goodwill that faith to continue to get the money to make the content because they're borrowing all this fucking money they don't right. have eight billion dollars a year to throw at content sure it's coming from somewhere and if those people get too nervous about the future of netflix that could all dry up well here's what i've what that I saw a, 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 um, a piece that someone wrote. I can't remember who it was, but they made this compelling point that like there's a lot, like maybe it is nothing to worry about, but there's a lot of decisions that Netflix have made that are compounding here. So it used to be that when Netflix originals came out, you knew it was going to be some kind of like blue label yeah. or blue ribbon. Like it's going to, it's going to, it had a big name attached to it. It had a strong creative team. A lot of the cachet of Netflix original has completely fallen off. Uh, I mean, this combined, is exactly what we were worried about with HBO saying, let's get in the, the right. f- quick content game. But that, so that's decision one. They, they've, they've opened up the floodgates, so they devalued their own content. They saw as a, uh, that, that um, their, their traditional percentage rating system was a threat to that model, so they got rid of that. So <laughs> now it's just up or down, and so you can't really get a good idea of like what is the really good content, what's the really bad content. They also added this like dynamic trailer playing nonsense that oh. a lot of people find stressful. It, and it drives me away yeah. from it, the interface. And mm-hmm. also they they also use their analytics to continually feed you things that they that you think they think you want, which allows people to get kind of burnt out and bored. So mm-hmm. what people are doing is going back to like shit. I've spent an hour watching browsing fucking Netflix interface and getting yelled at by the trailers. I'm just going to watch mm-hmm. The Office, mm-hmm. or I'm going to like I like I found myself defaulting to Star Trek: The Next Generation. <laughs> 
when they lose, so like when these people are like these Gen Xers and millennials lose access to that content because NB, NBC Universal takes it back or Paramount takes it back or it gets bought out by some other thing. Yeah. They've got this perfect storm of too much content, no good way to discern, to discover it, mm-hmm. uh, that you're kind of skeptical of the discovery tools that they have and they're unfriendly to use. And this, the old security blanket that, the users want to curl up and spend hours watching are going to be taken away. And then what the hell is Netflix going to do? Yeah. No, the, uh, those are definitely compounding decisions. Start inserting paid ads. Nope. They, they are very <laughs> adamant. They will not do ads. that, which means they're at least two quarters away from it. I mean, yeah. and that's, it's like if, like if a company swears they won't do it, that means they won't do it next quarter, but they might do it said the quarter after that. Well, Netflix, so like, yeah, they did say something interesting about how they're, not doing that paid advertising so much as they're just doing the uh, product placement in the shows and making mm-hmm. the money afterwards in uh, merchandising, mm-hmm. like with New Coke. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's not an outright commercial, but when they make money from having all the kids drinking New Coke afterwards, then they're counting on that as a source of income. Do they have like Umbrella Academy uh, merchandise? Because right? like that was a pretty big show on Netflix, yeah. and mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. I think it had a very cool look. It had a lot of IP that you could tap for merch. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, think it would be a, out there, but I've never seen it. More and more, that's what you can say about like almost like so much of the stuff is so good that like you have to be truly excellent to like move the needle or be yeah. i guess the umbrella academy is a perfect storm of that because it's excellent and it's also very genre yeah so like you've got kind of like people that are just interested in good television watching you also got the people that are kind of into superheroes and deconstructions and stuff like that watching it too um i don't know like i said i don't know if this is something that should keep at netflix execs up at night but if it's affecting their stock price and you know, like, I don't know how many quarters they can see these kinds of like disappointments before they can no longer keep their strategy of massively acquiring content. And I don't know if that would even be a bad thing because I do wonder what Netflix, what would happen if Netflix like had just one thing come out a week mm-hmm. and they get behind it and kind of try to build a water cooler around that. Or if they want to have multiple things to try to like, you know, only release two a week or, you know, something along those lines to try to kind of just stretch that content out because it's way too much for people to watch. Um, and they just can't keep it. They just can't sustain it. Hey, before we get further into our topics, I want to talk about stuff that's going on here at baldmove.com. Um, baldmove TV, there's a lot of stuff going on. Cecily and I are covering Hulu's new season of Harlots in season three. It's a lot of fun. We're having a lot of fun. Sometimes we sing, sometimes we talk in the old timey, 18th century horror accents. Uh, that happens on Wednesday night. I gotta watch uh, this show so I can hear it. It's Hulu. Uh, Harlots is like no shit. A lot of fun and surprisingly good. It's like one of those things. It's like I want to call it a guilty pleasure, but it's too good. There's too many. There's too many good performances. There's too much good plotting. Right, and it just moves like so fast. It's too. very fast paced. It's gorgeous to look at. Uh, speaking of all those other qualities, are embodied in FX's Legion, which is in its third and final season, and I'm covering that with a joint Podcastica Bald Move venture with Jason and Rima from Podcastica. You can find our Legion podcast on either BaldMove.com or Podcastica.com. Uh, we also released a new Empire business. We're starting that series finally. Got uh, the first one on our video strategy out for Thursday. Uh, and we'll be releasing more Empire businesses on subsequent weeks. We have about five to six installments planned. Uh, Bald Movies. Last night, we saw The Lion King. 
Mm-hmm. And it, it was it was it was it was pointless. Uh, but next week <laughs> we are going to see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which win, lose or draw is going to be a fascinating thing to talk about and discuss. I'm sure those are exclusive to the Bald Movies feed. You can find that by searching for Bald Movies in your favorite podcast app. Uh, finally, uh, we got some new designs in our merch site, merch.baldmove.com. Uh, some people asked for some T-shirts with the album art of Dungeons and Demogorgons, and Cecily went above and beyond and just loaded all of the album art from all of our shows. No, no, no. I only did the like the top five most popular ones the right now. The most popular and profitable <laughs> album art from uh, that we had high res But I am working art. on updating and adding She's more. She's working on backfilling that catalog <laughs> at merch.baldmove.com. So if you want to get a sweet t-shirt, there's a really cool kind of like baseball jersey design with the with the Dungeons mm-hmm. and Demogorgons thing on it. It looks pretty sweet. It feels very retro. And finally, at pin-y.com, uh, We've got some exclusive enamel pins that uh, Jim's girlfriend has designed. Most mm-hmm. recently, one for Stranger Things. It's really cool. It's one of those uh, upside down fonts where it says Stranger when you flip it one way and you flip it the other way, and sure enough, it says Things. And it glows in the dark. Glows in the fucking insane. dark, just like yeah. a Demogorgon. Mm-hmm. They glow in the dark, right? They probably could. They can if they want. Yeah. They absorbed one of those glowing jellyfish. Oh, no yeah. problem. No problem. That's that's we just cracked the code on season four. <laughs> Uh, all that stuff is at pin-y.com if you want to check it out. Mm-hmm. Anything else we want to talk about? Should we move on to HBO trying to replicate the Netflix model? Okay. HBO yeah. Max. HBO Max. Um, so this is the new streaming service that HBO has announced um, that uh, it is part of the larger kind of Warner Media. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, strategy. Uh, we don't have any pricing. Uh, there's some analysts saying that you know the the going rate for this content is about 15 bucks a month. So that's that's what HBO now costs. So like somewhere between 15 and 25 dollars. Um, HBO Max is going to have over 10,000 hours of premium content available. Um, they're doing a lot of this. Kind of actually surprised me. Because I thought they're going to go for broke on like movies and like their own original content, but they're doing kind of the Netflix thing where they've locked up Friends, mm-hmm. all 236 episodes of that, uh, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, which I have don't... they locked it up or is it just owned by Warner Media? Well, yeah, I mean, like it's, all it's this owned... stuff is just their IP. Well, I mean, I don't know because that's an NBC Universal property, Friends. So like hmm. that, I think is a licensing deal. Same thing with Fresh Prince was NBC. So. Hmm. I know the NBC pulled like the license from Netflix for um, uh, 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 The Office, so uh-huh. and that would cause a lot of consternation. And I think that goes in effect next year, maybe the year after. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. They also the other thing is like they they've got like uh, the license for all the CW shows, um, which is part of the Warner Empire. And I know that that <laughs> a lot of people watch that stuff. Yeah, not me. No, I've ne- I've I've tried a couple times to get into some of the superhero stuff. It's just a little bit Riverdale. Yeah, yeah, but but, but that that there is definitely a market for that, and that's mm-hmm. exciting to some people. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. There's that, that, then if you look at the original series that they've got, um, there's a couple I was uh, uh, semi excited for, like Dune Sisterhood. Um, it is attached to director Denis Villeneuve. <laughs> Which, Your guess is as good as mine. I think that's how you say it, which I think he's amazing, and I'm excited about that, but it's based on the Kevin Anderson Dune, Dune kind of expansions, mm-hmm. and I've heard nothing but bad things about those. About the expansions? Uh, yeah, the huh. Kevin J. Anderson, who mm-hmm. I 
uh, who's kind of infamous in my heart for writing a whole shit ton of Star Wars novels back when I was a teenager and early 20 something. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's the world's best author, and I've just heard universally bad things about his ex- his expansion to the Dune franchise. So it's like I got it's a, it's got a sh- kind of a shitty license attached to a really brilliant name. Um, there's a few others. So, so before we get too deep into the content, I, I just want to ask you about the idea of HBO Max. So they have HBO Go, mm-hmm. they have HBO Now. Now they, they have, have Max HBO Go and Max. Max. They also have Max Go, which is a Cinemax thing. Mm-hmm. Is this is this a good idea? Is this a good idea? Why? I, I don't understand why I would want a partially bundled HBO with my other Warner Media stuff and some licensed content from NBC Universal as this package when I'm already like getting everything that HBO is going to offer me. I, I just I just don't understand the utility of bundling in part of hbo it's like when hbo goes right. and gives their shows to amazon prime right wait hbo max isn't going to be everything on hbo I, as i understand it it's not oh uh, or, or, oh. or actually there's no there's no indication that it will be necessarily okay see i uh, thought it was i thought that's why people are speculating it's going to be more expensive because it's going to encompass all of that it's going to encompass all of hbo all well, of cinemax I, I think and this other if stuff it does. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh but but my question is like are they going to keep hbo go and now uh when they have hbo max and if so is all of the hbo content going to be included you know what is the price does this get sort of confusing at some point like oh yeah mm-hmm. totally Absolutely. but i think it's a it's a strategy because uh, you know they're worried about cord cutting they see that like uh you know cable its days are probably numbered and they don't want to be tied to that so and i know that hbo now was like a uh, like a step away from that um, yeah. but like, you know, HBO is just a channel. Um, it's probably worth 15 bucks if you really like television, but they're trying to justify themselves to a whole bunch of people that didn't grow up thinking that, you know, Oz and Sopranos and the wire and all that stuff was the greatest thing ever on television. Uh, they are, it seems like the stuff that they're trying to get and the, the licenses that they're going after, like, you know, millennials and, and younger, like they're trying to lock up this, the, the the millennial kind and, and Gen X are kind of nostalgia with like friends and whatnot and they're trying to get like the younger crowd at the C dub stuff. I, I for me I always liked watching HBO just for all of the movies. So it's hmm. like the second hmm. experience after the movie comes out of theaters. That's the next place you can see all of those things. Yeah. Um I can't just can't imagine paying th- almost what is that, almost thirty dollars a month just to get everything that they have. Yeah, that price point is going to be a non-starter. Yeah, yeah, I won't be subscribing, but I'm I have zero interest in most of me, uh, Warner Media's content. Right, I'm thinking like HBO's if, if you went twenty, if it was twenty dollars, so it's essentially HBO now plus more movies and some other like original projects that I might be interested in, maybe, but mm-hmm. I don't know. And I guess this is also probably got to see that this fits hand in glove with the content strategy of just, just more content like HBO and themselves are going to do more original programming. I wonder if they'll, oh, yeah. that, cause that's the other yeah, thing that moved the needle. Is... If they start dropping stuff, that's exclusive to max their HBO max. See, That's so confusing. Like the, the mm-hmm. good thing about Netflix is there's, you know, there are multiple prices, but like, honestly, they advertise one price. Mm-hmm. Right. And you get everything. And the tiers are quality. It's, it's the quality of the streaming at, right. and the, and how the many number streams of devices, you can yeah. do. It's not, it's not like, oh, if you want Stranger Things, you got to get Netflix Plus. Yeah. 
Right. And I think they I think they're mistaken if they think that people are going to be buying these services just because they own all of Friends instead of realizing that Friends was just something like you said earlier that, that they're falling back to mm-hmm. uh, because you get choice anxiety. Yeah. Now the choice is easy. I'm not going to watch Friends anymore <laughs> either. Yeah, I'm trying to think like I love Seinfeld, but there's no service I would sign up for exclusively for Seinfeld. Right. Unless it was the 50 cents a month Seinfeld streaming well the other thing is like like, i feel like the piracy has kind of been on the decline because you know piracy had this big boon when you know people were tired of having physical media and there wasn't any outlets where you could you know like people always said well i'll pay a buck a song you know and then when they when itunes came out with a platform that's a buck a song 10 bucks for an album people like people did all right that's that's (laughs) fair that's fair Uh, um and i feel like that's happened with the streaming stuff too like I, i enjoy being able to go to Amazon Prime and get for three ninety nine a high def rent a high def movie for forty eight hours is pretty cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I don't know like if I'm a poor college kid eating ramen and I want to feel less homesick and put on Friends, do I pay thirty dollars <laughs> a month to watch it? Or do I just fucking BitTorrent like do I get the mm-hmm. t- thirty gig BitTorrent on my university fiber network and watch it on my laptop for free? Like that's the whole thing. Like, and I know there's just like I I'm I'm amazed at how many of my friends and family I've started like running those jailbroken fire sticks. Like mm-hmm. they get a fire stick for fifty bucks, <laughs> throw popcorn time uh-huh. on there, and now it's like oh we can just watch anything for free. It's like it's swung back around where it used to be very hard to pirate stuff, and you know you'd get all a bunch of shit from your. But like this stuff has got proxy technology rolled in, so they can't even monitor it, and like. The more that you have to spend a hundred plus dollars to kind of keep up with pop culture, the more people are going to take that off road. And I don't know, maybe they, these content people have to learn the lessons of the nineties all over again. Yeah. Right. We're going to go primitive and go back to using the local library. (laughs) Yeah. That's another thing. That's another great way to, to... that's where I get all my audio books and any kind of books really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ebooks. Ebooks. Uh, anything else on? Oh, do you yeah, want to I mean, go some through of the some other of content? The... So there's like a Gremlins animated series that they're going to be doing cool. with Amblin, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. based on the original movie. I'm I'm kind of less interested in a like cartoony animation one than I would be in a live action mm-hmm. series. I would love for them to do a live action Gremlins. You know, ten episode seasons, whatever. Kind of like a Stranger Things. Bring Dude, back Phoebe Cates. <laughs> She's uh, she, she, no, she's long dead. I, I'm sure. I can see uh, Gremlins <laughs> in like the style of Castlevania, kind of like that uh, Euro, oh, like Euro anime, North American anime of, style. Uh, uh, I can see that working though. Maybe, hmm. maybe I, I'll probably check it out. Uh, but I don't know that I'll be signing up for the service style. to do that. Right. Yeah. Wait, gargoyles are bringing gargoyles back? No, I'm oh. saying live action gargoyles win. <laughs> oh God! Uh, get Jonathan this... Frakes out of retirement to be the villain again. There's a Stephen King-based thing, The Outsider, which is a dark mystery starring Ben Mendelsohn, produced Ooh, by and directed by Jason Bateman. Interesting. Yeah, a lot it's of good a Lovecraft there. thing with J.J. Abrams and Jordan Peele. Yeah, Lovecraft Country. That sounds cool. Yeah, that sounds... sounds kind of like it, with its its tongue firmly in cheek kind of. Yeah. Can't stop here. It's Lovecraft Country. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. So maybe they'll have some shows that people will be interested in, some original content. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, what about the plot against America? A, a re, uh, alternate that... history based on a Philip Roth novel of the same name written and executive produced by David Simon and Ed Burns, starring Winona Ryder and John Turturro. 
Interesting. Hmm. That okay. seems pretty pretty legit. I mean, you put David Simon's name on basically anything, and I'll give it a shot. Yeah, yeah, I could I could see that being being kind of cool. Before we move further, I want to talk about our club, club.baldmove.com. One of the big features is spoiler versions of our first-run movies, and I think next week's going to be a goodie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Even if it's terrible, I think it's going to be a good podcast. We're going to have lots of stuff to say about it, and the trailers look amazing. The only way you can get uh, – we got a, like just a general spoiler-free review that's free to everybody, and I encourage everyone to, to listen to that and our talk about upcoming movies and trailers. But if you want to hear the in-depth – like scene by scene, what we think, what we love, what we hate. You got to be a club member. Go to club.ballmove.com. You can preview a lot of the features you get for free, and you can sign up for a free 30-day trial by going to club.ballmove.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, okay, so enough about speculating about the future and profits. Let's talk about the here and now. Uh, Netflix dropped with very little fanfare. You mean a, the past? Huh? You mean the past? Yes. Multiple yes, generations. uncovered a dark past. Uh, the 30-minute mockumentary, I guess is what I call it, starring and executive produced by David Harbour, uh, mm-hmm. Chief Hopper of Stranger Things fa- fame. Oh, it's Hellboy fame. Come of on. Hellboy fame. Clearly his most popular thing, yeah. And uh, it's called Frankenstein's Monster's Monster Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. And it's ostensibly about uh, David Harbour's father, who was a famous thespian, graduate of Juilliard program, uh, who did like a 1970s like almost feels like a BBC miniseries about Frankenstein. Um, Which is like a televised stage play. Televised stage play. And he had a younger co-star and he was so jealous of this person's youth and like hotness in the popular culture that it drove him insane. And maybe he's a murderer. And David Harbour is uh-huh. investigating this uh, through the lens of his father's, like, finding this footage and talking to his old-time agent, and uh, he's trying to figure out the truth about his, his family's past. But and most importantly, it's a story of how he got into Juilliard. <laughs> it's the most important that that's how he got into Juilliard. I, I mean, what'd you think of it, Jim? I didn't like it. You didn't the, like the it? The best thing about this is the name of it. I, I think the concept is so fucking played out. Like, oh, really? Stage actors have egos? Oh, Jesus Christ. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I, I it, it just never clicked with me. I mean, I'll it's... admit to watching it before I had my coffee this morning, but okay. it just never clicked with me. It's it's weird. It reminded me a lot of the spoils of Babylon. Uh, with yes. that, that's that Will Ferrell where he was supposed to be like this famous author who did this like 80s kind of ABC miniseries and uh, him kind of it, a lot of it, it a lot of it reminded me of that right I haven't seen the other side of the wind but I think he's doing uh, Orson Welles impression that's okay. pretty hilarious I found this um, video afterwards of Orson Welles just completely wasted drunk trying to do a champagne commercial yeah. and it's a lot like what david harbour 
Junior is doing. It here. wouldn't surprise me if that yeah. actually inspired the the, the, beef the spoils Wellington. of Babylon stuff too, because yeah. he did yeah. that kind of like boozy, washed up, uh, full of himself guy trying to, you know, being at his fine restaurant and barking at people for yeah. It's it's you're right. I mean. I don't know. At least it was I, only 30 minutes. It's I mean, 30 I, minutes. It didn't yeah, overstay its welcome. Sure. There's a f- couple of solid kind of gags. Uh, I thought David Arbor was very cute in it. Um, I'm very interested in this Kate Berland, who plays the the scientist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's an up-and-coming stand-up performer right now, and I found some other mm-hmm. things that she's done. She was in Tuca and Birdie. I did not know that. Yeah. It seems like they cl- they they cloned Catherine Hahn. Is that her name? Yeah. It like it does seem very much like that's an actor in the exact same mold, right? Who Catherine Hahn? I always thought of as kind of like a clone of Anna Gasteyer. You're right. Mm-hmm. You're right. <laughs> Maybe that's the real okay. Frankenstein's monsters monster. Yeah, the, the cloning of uh, the Gasteyer gene. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I okay. I. So like, you, I'm you, not gonna begrudge you for liking it if you like it, but well, no, I, I, just, I, I just it didn't work for me. I admired it because I it's like I didn't think it I didn't think it was bad. I certainly didn't think it was like as hilarious as like some of the other like uh, uh you know these like kind of short things like I've seen like Will Ferrell do uh, on like yeah, like the and, seven and, days seven days in hell. Yeah, I've seen every Andy Samberg. Uh, mockumentary I've seen is ten times, as and like good every as this. five minutes, you you ten get a times. true gut busting yeah. experience. And yeah. I felt like there was that there. They just maybe tried to rush it to capitalize on Stranger Things, or maybe they just did it as a lark. <laughs> and it's just like it wasn't fully baked. This is a, this is a lark for sure, and it never like it never felt like it had a direction. Like, what are you trying to really do with this thing? Because and, it felt like there's a lot of gags where it's like they tried to film a stage play, but they didn't even think about how that would. Ter- uh, translate in terms of like camera blocking so a lot of characters and their stage movement end up like cutting off and blocking the shot for other characters and... is that part of it like i i think it's it might be part of it i don't know it's I don't definitely know. intentional satire of like this guy okay. you know to prove how good of an actor he is he's going to televise his play but then didn't think at all about like how the camera would have to move and <laughs> right. Uh, the and and the fact that like you know the door like I thought that was kind of funny the fact that the yeah, door was always was swinging there. open in the background and um but I don't know like the part where like there's a like a two minute sequence where he grinds the production to a halt to make an announcement and they like try to play that off in universe and then mm-hmm. like I I thought it's funny when they they implied that the guy like his dad might have killed the guy. Mm-hmm. But then they spent like 30 seconds showing like different footage of him essentially saying that, yeah, I killed the guy. Right. And I I don't know. I like the actor's trunk. I like Alfred Molina <laughs> um, ha- seeming like he's having a good time in this little bit part. There's a lot. Like I said, I thought it was more of like this is like um, something that's funny that like your buddy made, you know, and it was just it's sure. kind of like you got this talent to do this thing and 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 do it at a pretty high level. But you're right. It, it never really gets its second stage ignition to where nah. it's gut busting or really skewers Hollywood or Broadway. And how could it? I mean, yeah. everything that's going to be said about Hollywood types or Broadway types with egos has already been fucking said mm-hmm. ten times over. Like, there's nothing interesting about. But you the can't like itself. like like documentary now. Three years ago, that Nanook of the North, uh, that, uh-huh. like, where they went up and made uh, the documentary about sure. the world's stupidest uh, Inuit. Yeah, that actually was a was both a hilarious send up of that type of like 
you know, white man documents the savage documentary, mm. but also turning into just an absolute skewering of like the Hollywood production system. Yeah. And like, you know, yeah, I did like that. How you give a, you know, you give a nobody that's super humble and like, you know, you give him a little bit of attention and a little bit of money and blow a little bit of sun and it turns him into a fucking monster. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just a straight up version of what they did here. Yeah. The only thing that's like it has going for it is David Harbour playing his father and that's kind of funny like you know i'm david and harbour his father's father david harbour jr and the david harbour and i'm david harbour the third like th- th- some of that stuff was pretty funny i liked like when he had this big dossier of his father and he throws <laughs> it into the fake fireplace like that was pretty funny put the crackling sound effect the crackling yeah. so yeah like there there's there's some stuff that they but again i i felt like they that these three gentlemen that came together with with mr harbour needed to spend a little bit more time kind of polishing it but also i could also see like like two o'clock in the morning, this like you literally just smoked your last bowl before you went to bed, <laughs> and like this thing just drops in your Netflix interface. Like what the fuck? And like yeah, laugh, I saw because that happened to me. Like I didn't, yeah. I hadn't heard about this at all, and I looked at it. I'm like, what the fuck is uh-huh. this? You weren't on your last bowl, David Harbor. <laughs> I was on my first bowl <laughs> at two a.m. Are you kidding me? Uh, just yeah, the so, night started. So I yeah, I, I kind of had this what the fuck is this moment, and then you know you suggested watching it. I'm like okay. Yeah, no, David Harbour, I love him, and I think that's that's probably what was the biggest selling point for me, how much of a fan of him I am. Yeah, and I, I, there's a little bit of him playing the monster I thought was pretty funny, where he's trying to do this, you know... Like, he tried to do the grunting thing, but... I but he's also up trying to with communicate with yeah. the fake Frankenstein. Um, yeah, there, like I said, it, it just needed a little... It was like 75% there, and it needed another 10 to 15% before... But it's also thirty minutes. If you're a David Harbour fan, sure, you know you sure. feel bad about uh, uh, Hellboy. Yeah, you feel you you feel bad <laughs> about the, the season of Stranger Things. If you're feeling raw, then the, mm. you know that it, it's there. For, he's there for you. He's there for you. Yes, he is. Also, like if you if you put his like, there's a lot of a lot of David Harbour based speculation based on the state of his beard. Oh, as far as his. Yeah, involvement in Stranger Things going forward. Yeah, do you, what I I wonder, I wonder because uh, he was rocking the full beard here. Like maybe he just grew it out for this part. Could be. Nah, could be. This is a big moment in his career, I'm sure. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Thirty minute mockumentary. Let, let me ask you. Yeah. How much range do you think David Harbor has? I think he's got a pretty fair amount. You think so? Yeah. Like it struck me as he. He was putting on an accent, but not doing work that was very different uh, in this than anything I've seen him do before. Well, so that's a good question. Is he like the kind of actor that's like a De- Daniel Day Lewis? No, but can well, he? Who be, is? Yeah, but can he be like a Harrison Ford, where like he's got sure. like? I Two think Harrison years. Ford's got a lot of range playing a Harrison Ford type. Okay, and you can say the same thing about like uh, Jack Nicholson. Yeah. You know. Uh, immensely charismatic maybe can't do everything but yeah. can do the thing you're they never do. gonna lose him in the role ever yeah, right He's like like yeah. like but but he yeah like he can he can convincingly play wounded he can play angry he can play funny now that's the other thing is like i don't know hmm. like when i saw kit harrington in seven days of hell i'm like holy shit yeah. who knew kit harrington was this fucking funny yeah uh-huh. with this much timing and when i see him in saturday Night live it's the same thing like, god damn this guy knows how to be funny i don't know that david harbour is that funny like he's certainly capable of being like this big kind of like buffoonish straight man that right. you enjoy seeing you right. know he's get his comeuppance and stuff like that in but a like dry way 
Yeah, I don't know that he can be like that kind of Lonely Island type funny. Right. Um, and like, you know, comedy is, you know, a lot of people, have, it's, it's been said it's harder than, than drama. So like, that's the other thing is I was kind of somewhat surprised that he wasn't just naturally as funny. But I don't know because like this material is pretty weak. And the I, fact that yeah, it was funny at so. all might be a testament of his, you know, like, like what if Kit Harrington was, was the Frankenstein's assistant in this? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think he'd be funny. No. Like, if this is the first time I saw Kit Harrington try to be funny, I'd be like, Kit Harrington's not a funny guy. So, yeah, you know. yeah we'll see. I, I mean, I'm still looking forward to seeing more from David Harbour. Uh, this was not a thing to get me excited, but it also didn't kill it. He might be funny in like a Steve Martin kind of way. Okay. Like, or like a, like a Bill Murray kind of way too. Like, you know, like he's the guy that like will show up in Sheriff, uh, Hopper costume to officiate a wedding Mm -hmm. or he'll show up to a high school seniors photo. And, you know, just because she asked him on Twitter and got 10,000, like he's got that kind of like kind of random, you know, friendly big guy energy, but it's not, you know, it's not Andy Sandberg. It's more of a, uh, who did I just, who did I say? Bill Murray. Bill Murray, Steve Martin. Martin, Steve Martin, Steve Martin. Martin. Yeah, I think he said Martin. Martin Short. Yeah, did I say Martin Short? No, oh, I was gonna say because yeah, I've never <laughs> described him as funny. No, <laughs> no, controversial, no. but I'm not a Martin Short fan. Uh, love Steve Martin though, and they're like salt and pepper. So mm-hmm. uh, anyway, that's uh, I think Bald Move TV for this week. If you got feedback, you can send it to TV TV at baldmove.com, or you can discuss on our forums forums.baldmove.com. We'll be back next week, uh, not only for Harlots, um, which is something that Cecily and I are doing every Wednesday night, uh, but we'll also be back with a bevy of new things on television to talk about um, and uh, all the other stuff we talked about in housekeeping. So I hope you join us there. Uh, Until then, I'm Aaron. I'm Jim. And I'm Cecily. Have a great weekend.